Hello, everyone, and welcome to another all-star episode of Fill in the Mic. I, as always, am Darren Michael, and with me, the incredibly handsome man who actually just returned from a week-long celebration with Steve Cohn celebrating Bobby Benia Day, Mr. Phil Calise. What's going on? It's it's nice to uh, to bring the band back together. It's been a while. <laughs> Um, we were, uh, well, really you were poking fun at me because it's mostly been my fault why we haven't done a podcast in probably, are we at three weeks? Wait, what, I'm sorry. Here? I'm sorry. What, what, what are you saying when you say mostly? I don't remember ever uh, saying it was mostly that, your fault. I think I was saying that it was, um, and let me, let me just quote myself entirely your fault. Unequivocally my fault. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I I I, uh, I plead I plead guilty, Your Honor. That's true. It is. It's my fault. Um, baseball season and and a new role, new responsibilities at my job have uh, dr- is drowning me a little bit. But I'm happy to be back here. And we may have stumbled onto something because while I know you don't like this, this Saturday morning format's got me feeling nostalgic and and feeling like energetic and we were joking about it the other day about the, the uh, good morning or the what's the, the baseball show we used to watch as kids um oh uh, Saturday morning uh this um, week in baseball this week in baseball this week in baseball with the nice yeah, mel allen yeah. voice nice soothing it's time for baseball you got me in that mode right now i Saturday. know so i know that feeling good that was that was my fault. But you look good, my man. I, li- I like the fact that you you seem to be growing the beard back, which looks looks nice. Although it looks like there's a lot more gray coming in now. Is that is that what I'm seeing? Yeah. There? So uh, yeah. So from this part of my face, I'm 60. This part of my face, I'm in my late 30s. But right here, <laughs> I'm pushing 60. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I used to be able to grow. I do grow a full beard. You know, a nice nice beard in terms of like growing it in properly. But I yep. do feel like I'm decaying as a human being and the erosion process towards death is occurring because my beard does not grow as fast as it used to. And I can only chalk that up to your body's like, well, you're going the other way now, buddy. So, so the beard. No, it's, it's, it's funny that you say that because I was actually, you know, I've been, I've been growing out, uh, no, no offense, and I don't want you to feel bad, but I've been growing out the hair on top of my head, right? And it now it comes down almost to my mouth. And and I was kind of like looking at it the other day and I'm like, this is just not growing very fast. And I, I, I didn't get it. My hair always grows really fast, just like your beard grows really fast. So it's, it's, it's odd that we were both kind of, kind of experiencing the same, the same thing that we notice. I mean, granted you're in your late thirties, I'm in my late forties, but there's, that's okay. That's okay. You know? Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I really don't have a problem with this whole Saturday morning thing, except you know, I got home from work yesterday and, and, and I was just exhausted. So I just lay down on the, on literally on the floor with a pillow downstairs and I was watching TV. <laughs> that, that's true. Exhaustion. <laughs> Next thing you know, man, I'm just, I'm like, my wife is home. She's talking to me and I'm like, I'm like, okay, did you say something? I, I don't know. So, um, and, and it's, it's been this, this thing with me whenever I, whenever I nap during the day, I can't sleep at night. So literally, that's all I did was toss and turn all night long, and I was I was finally starting to drift off to sleep, and I'm so excited. I'm like, yes, finally I get to get some sleep, and I hear this noise, and I'm like, 
what the hell is that? It was, it was literally, it was 255, right? So I get out of bed. I notice that the hall light is on and I'm like, what the heck is going on? Who forgot to turn off the hall light? But I hear giggling coming from Aubrey's room, who's next to our room. I go in there. At what time? Three o'clock in the morning? Almost three o'clock in the morning, right? The two of them are in there doing something on their computer, giggling. And I'm like, I'm like, girls, it's three o'clock in the morning, okay? And I, I didn't even ask why. I didn't ask what they were doing. I'm just like, Brooke, get the hell out of here. Go, go to your room. Aubrey, go to bed now. And then I went back into my room and actually I fell asleep quite quickly. So, so maybe it worked out really well, but um, I'm like, I'm like, what the hell are you guys up at three o'clock for? Nothing, nothing good happens at 3 a.m. And granted they're in the house, when, but still. When you reach a certain age, you only see three o'clock in the morning on your pee-pee break. Um, I, I did proceed to go to the bathroom. That's why I got up. I was, I was, and I was so exhausted. I'm like, you know what? I got to go to the bathroom anyway. So I might as well just get up and yell at him. And, and I did. And I did. Um, but man, you know what? It's, it's been so long and, and I, I've had some interesting things. I mean, I've had a whole bunch of interesting things talk, you know, to talk about. I mean, I can tell you that I saw, I saw the cat man again, which was exciting. Um, <clears throat> I think I told you that I, I, uh, I met Charles Barkley, which you, you shared a picture with me, but you didn't tell me the story. We were waiting for the podcast. It was, it was, it was like surreal, you know, like, like, like he's just one of those guys to me, like he's just bigger than life. You know, I mean, he's mm. like, he's one, one of the all time greats. He, you know, he played on the dream team, you know, he's, he's, he's still in the, the news for, for all the things that he says. He's just, he's like my hero. He just doesn't Ter- care. Ter- terrible. Terrible, terrible. <laughs> you know, terrible. So, LeBron James hairline is terrible. <laughs> yes. So he, he, the cool thing was, I mean, I, I was there for about an hour and it was a, it was a bottle signing for a vodka that he owns vodka, uh, vodka. And uh, I think it's a, a gin vodka and a gin. And um, I don't even know if it was an, actually I did take a shot of it while I was there, but um, you know, it was so cool because I mean, there were a fair amount of people, but he was just, he was talking to everybody. He was talking to everybody. Mm-hmm. The guy in front of me, he bought a, he bought a couple of bottles and Charles signed them. And he had like, he had like eight, like big, like, uh, like posters and hats and balls. And he just proceeded to sign every single one of them. And so, yeah, cool. so I, yeah, so I walked up to him and, and, and like the woman, woman that was working there, she takes your phone and she takes video. She takes, I don't actually, I don't know. I don't think she took video. She took all kinds of pictures of my interaction with him. I mean, she must've taken like 30 or 40 pictures, which is really cool. But, uh, you know, I'm in line and I'm trying to think of what I want to say to him. And so, uh, so I thought back and I'm like, okay, let's, let's think about those Sixers years because I actually saw him play because in 84, when he was a rookie, I actually lived outside of Philadelphia and I went to some Sixers games. And so I did see him play his rookie year, which I thought was fascinating. So the, the interesting thing was that I noticed that on that team, there was actually five future Hall of Famers on that team. Wow, was there? Yeah, go ahead. I want, I want to see if you can name any of them. This was not supposed to be part of your story. I think, I think it, was uh, 80, it was either 83 or 80, 84. I think it was 84, but I'm not sure. I, 
Okay, I'll give you one. I'll give, I'll give you um, one. Wait, 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 wait. Mo- Moses, Moses Malone, right? Moses Malone is one. Yes, yes, that's one. All right, that's the only one I felt confident about. Yeah, because now I'm going to name some people that I just think he played with then, but I don't think they're necessarily Hall of Famers. But I, Go I can't it. think of the roster. Go for it. Uh, Eighty-four Sixers, like Mo Cheeks. Mo Cheeks is a Hall of Famer, surprisingly enough. Yes, yes. So that's, that's three, what I mean. He doesn't exactly. feel like a Hall of Famer to me. No, <laughs> no, why. not at all. Not at all. Uh, <clears throat> another gosh. guy. Another guy that I, just got in last year. Yeah, I, mm, I don't know. For our audience sake, let's just fire away. I'm not all sure. Right. Bobby Jones. Okay. Okay. For out of uh, UNC, and I can't believe the one that you missed. The doctor I missed himself. A good one? You missed the doctor. Oh, duh. I stopped thinking. I was trying to not drag it out. Yeah, Julius Irving. I did. I did good to get Moses and uh and Mochi. And you got and then and, forgot and, the and, most and obvious I, guy. Yeah, and I gave you Charles Barkley. So anyway, so so I said to him, I'm like, I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't get it. You guys had an, I mean, you got your starting lineup was Hall of Famers. Why couldn't you guys go on not only to the championship, but but to win it? And he goes, he's like, you know, he doesn't hold back. He's like, man, those guys were so old. Those guys couldn't play ball anymore. And he goes, he goes, not only that, I wasn't, I hadn't become Charles Barkley yet. <laughs> I was like, that makes sense. I was like that. you are awesome. So, you know, he, he asks everybody their name. He shakes their hand. He looks at him. He talks to him. He, and I had three cards with me. He signed all three, which was awesome. And I bought two bottles, which he signed. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with a signed bottle of, of alcohol, but, um, but that was, uh, that was awesome. That was really, really a, uh, cool. a cool. really cool story. experience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I figured you could get a kick if out of that. If you could have, if you could have brought the cat and had him sign the cat, now that would have been the ultimate. <laughs> What's this cat doing here? This cat's <laughs> terrible. Why, why is this cat on a leash? I, 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 I don't understand this. <laughs> is that, is that LeBron's cat? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. So, so, I mean, any, anything, uh, anything interesting with you besides, besides now you're, um, you're, you got the new job you're adjusting to, you got baseball besides that, you don't really have a life, do you? Not particularly. Uh, let me think of a, <laughs> I think of a, a sort of funny story. Um, I had, so my, my, I have one living grandparent still, and, uh, it's one of my grandfathers, my mom's dad. And, um, he is moving out of a townhouse. We we all live in the same town pretty much. So he's moving out of a townhouse because he, he lives, um, with his, one of his granddaughters who's getting married. Okay. Right. And so now she's, she's going to get married and, you know, they're going to fix up the place. And so he's moving out. And he's moving like across town to like a actually a brand new complex, but like an apartment. It's all on one floor. It's like perfect for him at his age and everything. And um, he's like the original hoarder of things. Oh, geez. So they have like an attic upstairs, but it's an it's like a finished loft basically. That it's a loft, not an attic. It's a finished loft, and he has so much stuff cr- crammed into like each of the storage units and the crawl spaces, like. It's just, it's overwhelming, right? So we're like, this is finally the chance. We know this. He's lived there for a long time. We know he has all this stuff. He has a coin collection, which is pretty cool. He's got some cool stuff. And then he's just got like absurd stuff, right? Oh, just ridiculous. Yeah, and so yeah. we're like, she, my, my cousin and really all of us that are helping move him are like, this is the chance we get to finally get rid of this stuff. Like he's not yeah. going to take it. The apart- we're not bringing this to the new apartment. Yeah, yeah. 
So, so we move all his big stuff out. And he's like, we used to dub him back in the day, the mayor, because no matter what was going on, he was involved in the, the neighborhood. He knew everything that was going on. He was just like, if snow removal would come, he'd go out and tell the guys what they should be doing and how they weren't being efficient enough. <laughs> like, he just like that. But he would do it in a nice way. He was a police officer, by the way, for 30 years. Okay. So okay. he's like, naturally comes out and he's just kind of like, you should do this, you should do that, whatever. And uh, so we, we move all this heavy stuff and we come back and I, and I see my cousin and I'm like, all right, did you start unloading all this, the crap? Did you start just getting rid of it? She's like, oh no. She's like, he became like Usain Bolt and bolted up two flights of steps and like halted everything. He's like, none of that goes anywhere. I'll be back over the next several weeks to look through it. Maybe we'll throw a couple things out. Oh my he God. just expects her to keep it there. It's just That's like, it's terrible. not going anywhere. We're like, oh my God. Then the other thing is he's partially the, the, the guy responsible in the pandemic for hoarding toilet paper. This guy <laughs> has so much toilet paper so much toilet paper that when he moved out, the whole family could have taken two gigantic packs, like Costco size packs, and he still would have had like five for himself. So when we get to the new apartment, he's got this, he's, he's got, it's a lot of space. He's got this gigantic pantry closet and then like more for cans and like shelves. But then he's got this other one. I walk into it thinking I'm going to throw like one toilet paper in there. He's got seven in there already. I'm like, where did these even come from? He's like, oh, I bought some. I'm like, what are you, you're one person. What are you doing with 420 rolls of toilet paper? Oh, you never know. I'm like, bro. I'm like, now I know if second pandemic wave comes, I go right to his house. I don't go to shop, right? Yeah. I don't go to the grocery store. Oh my God. I go right to, to I go right to Tony's house. Oh Tony's got God. the toilet paper. Tony's so, toilet paper. It could be a business. So does he, does he have like some kind of bowel problems that he goes, that he goes number two constantly. And that's why he needs 8,000 rolls of toilet paper. I've never even seen the guy go to the bathroom in my whole life. I don't think he even goes to the bathroom. I think he collects toilet paper, different brands from different eras. It's a new thing. He's got the Charmin. He's got the Scott. He's got you the, know, you know, I don't you know. know. It's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, people, people collect everything. So why not collect different types of, you know what, next time, next time I travel, next time you travel, you know, whatever hotel you're at, you can, you can have to make sure to bring him back a, uh, a rule. Bring him back paper. a, a You never know. Paper. Yeah. Cause you, you know, like you, you go away and like, like your kids expect you to bring something back for them or whatever. Just bring your, just bring your grandfather back a roll of toilet paper. He'd know? be sad. He'd be, he'd keep it. I guarantee you he would take nothing. I'd be like, Oh, thanks. Oh, I appreciate that. Thanks. Thanks. I didn't have that kind. <laughs> so that that's actually pretty funny. That's pretty funny. So let's let's jump into it since this is an all-star episode. You know, I, I I know that you and I had talked about we talked, you know, we did a little little planning and I was I was supposed to send you my list of what we're talking about. And my apologies, I didn't. And I'm not even sure why I didn't, but I apologize for that. So a lot of the stuff we talk about, as usual, you have no clue what we're gonna get into but um but initially but initially i i think that we were both kind of on the same page about the all-star game and 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 talking about it and eh, you know what we'll spend like 10 15 minutes on it and the more that i looked into the all-star game the more interesting information that i found and it's i think the all-star game is is really really exciting but but i think i think the way the way that i'd like to talk about it is let's just talk about the all-star game in itself all right the first all-star game was in 1933 and I think, you know, even when, when you and I were growing up, the All-Star Game was an exciting thing, right? Mm-hmm. And, 
and now I feel like I feel like the All Star Game has really lost its luster. It's lost its importance, and it's become it's become. I, I want to say it's become a joke. I mean, I think the NBA All Star Game is a joke. I think the NHL All Star Game is a joke. I think NFL All, NFL All Pro Game is the obviously. I mean, it's obviously yeah. a joke. So so I I put I put the the MLB All Star Game in that same in that that same light you know and and i wanted to get your opinion on that i mean you know and i think that you and i feel the same way and i'll bet you most people do feel the same way but i i'm, I'm kind of curious from your perspective why do you think that it's it's really lost its its importance and its significance yeah and and the thing is i i, I think we all grew up loving the all-star game right like yeah. it was a it's ex- it was a very exciting day. Um, I never looked at that little break because I'm a, a baseball fan and what like a huge baseball <laughs> fan. And what I always loved about baseball the most is it's with you every day. Like you, you get it every day. Mm-hmm. And so part of me would always be like disappointed when the all-star break would come because it's like four days in a row where they're, you're not seeing any baseball. That's but right. I always would be focused on the all-star game because you had that excitement that Monday into the Tuesday of the all-star game was always exciting. I remember like Sunday night or Monday, the lineup would be set. You'd see your lineup. And then the next day, the all-star game, it was always a fun two day period. I think really just what happened was two things. One, really the evolution of, of it not mattering as much started with just free agency, which sounds funny, but players didn't bounce around. You played on one team your whole career. And if you played in the American League, NL fans didn't see you much. If you played in the NL, AL fans didn't see you much. And there was no interleague play. So really, you only saw each other once a year in the All-Star game. And the two best teams, which oftentimes were the same teams every year, would meet in the World Series, which is the World Series anyway. So it's, it's the height of excitement and the height of anticipation. So really, it was one day a year where you got to see a superstar in one league play a superstar in the other league and pitchers face off against the best hitters and they don't face them ever again. And so there was actually a rivalry, like a real inherent rivalry. Like if you were an AL member, you were like all about each other. You had each other's backs NL had each other's backs. So free agency comes and now players are flipping teams, flipping leagues. It's not as, it's not as um, special. And then 15 years, uh, 24 years ago, interleague play was born mm-hmm. and which is crazy to say because it actually spans a, lo- a long chunk of my baseball viewing career or life i should say but interleague play was super exciting when it first came out to me um at interleague play came out well, i was 15 years old okay so i gave away my age do the math uh 15 years old i was pumped for interleague play because as a Met fan, you knew the Mets were going to play the Yankees. That was something that didn't had never happened in my lifetime. Right. Um, all the all the geographic rivalries were, I think, probably heightened. There was probably some lack of care about it if you were in certain cities where there wasn't a natural geographic rivalry per se. But like in any city with multiple teams, this was like the height of excitement. Yeah. So at the time, it was phenomenal. Like everything else, it has an unintended qu- consequence. And that unintended consequence 24 years later and probably more than 10 years, at least 10 years ago, if not longer, mm-hmm. is now there's literally nothing special about the All-Star Game. You yeah. see these teams face each other all the time. You see these players mix up and go on to different teams. They yep. tried to come up with that. They tried to come up with like that wrinkle where home field mattered. Remember, that was the big thing. MLB knew. 
they they had MLB knew it was no longer exciting. The ratings yep. were way down. Yep. They tried something. I don't I don't I don't hold it against them for trying something. They were trying to throw something against the wall and they did the home field advantage and yep. they didn't notice really any difference in viewership. And so, you know, and I gotta say, and I'd be interested to hear because you do go back maybe eight, ten all-star games before me. Something I never liked, and I saw the evolution of this, and this had nothing to do with either thing I named, which was free agency and, and interleague play. All-stars back, at least back early, you know, when it started and into probably the 70s, they played almost the whole game. Mm. Like, these guys played, like, the whole game. Yeah. Now, pitchers didn't pitch the whole game, obviously, but the starting position players that you actually wanted to see played at least six, seven innings. Some of them played the whole game when it first came out, right? You watch the All-Star game today. I vote in Shehei Otani. I vote in Mike Trout. I vote in whoever your favorite guy is. He's playing three innings. He's playing four innings. Maybe he's playing five innings and it's like a one-off. But when the game matters late in the game, all the best players are out. That's true. Like I'm watching the, the Pittsburgh Pirates backup, you know, the Pittsburgh Pirates one representative their second baseman's up with, you know, first and third in the ninth inning. And I'm like, this guy, he's not even really an all-star. Why am I watching him in a big spot? So I don't think that's helped this, the, the all-star game either. But what do you, what do you say about that part in particular? You know, I, I, it's, it's interesting because, because as I go back and I research and I, and I love, I love, I love the, the history of the all-star game. <clears throat> there are so many more guys on the team now than before. Like I was looking just at the pitchers. There must be a, there must be 12, 14 pitchers. <clears throat> On each team. I mean, these guys are not all going to play. Um, yeah. Not only that, it used to be a big, a huge honor to play in the All-Star game. Now it's like, ah, you know, hey, we're, we're two of the Houston Astros stars. We got elected to the All-Star game. Well, we're just going to skip it. DeGrom, ah, you know what? It's just, it's not important that I pitch there. I just want to skip the game. So it, it's not, yeah. you know, it's not the honor that it used to be. And, and you know, it's interesting because the, the first All-Star game was 1933. And uh, and I can I can honestly say I don't remember that one, but um, it was it was interesting because on the NL side, they had three pitchers. That's it. Just three pitchers. And, uh, you know, so those guys, those guys played. But, you know, when like like when I look at the all star game today, you know, like like here's some of our starters like like Devers, Semyon, Bogarts, Teoscar Hernandez, Adam Frazier. Nick Castellonis, <laughs> Jesse Winkler. Okay. Now, now listen to the 1933, uh, you know, some of the guys that played in this game. Okay. I'm just going to list the Hall of Famers, just the Hall of Famers. Bill Terry, Frankie Frisch, Chick Hafey, Chuck Klein, Carl Hubble, um, Gabby Hartnett, Pie Trainer, Paul Wainer, Rick Farrell, Lou Gehrig, Charlie Geringer, Joe Cronin, Al Simmons, Babe Ruth, Lefty Gomez, Lefty Grove, Bill Dickey, uh, Jimmy Fox, Tony Lazary, Earl Averill, the the managers, the manager and coaches were uh, McGraw, McKechnie, and Carey, all three Hall of Famers. And on the AL side, you had Connie Mack and Eddie Collins. Not only that, you had Bill Clem and Bill McGowan as umpires. Those guys are all in the Hall of Fame. All of those guys. Okay, mm-hmm. you, you either. Now, now there there could be a number of reasons for it. I think I think part of it is that 
baseball with their expansion, it's just been watered down. You just don't have as many great players anymore. And because you have to have one guy from every team, which I like and I don't like, you know, I like I like it because that's how Harold Baines got in the Hall of Fame because he was on just crappy teams year after year. He was the only guy that was even remotely good. He's not a Hall of Famer, but that got him into the Hall of Fame. Um, So so I have I have a real problem with that. Um, but of course, the AL won the first one, four to two, uh, in part due to the first home run ever hit um, in an All Star game by you might have guessed it, Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth, the Baby Ruth. Yeah. So yeah, so I thought that was I thought that was really interesting. But the the a couple of things that I wanted to talk about um, going back in in history, you know, the 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 greatest thing, the greatest moment that that I've ever, I mean, there's there's been a lot of great moments in the All Star game, but 1934 for me is the greatest moment. You had Hall of Famer Carl Hubble on the mound. He uh, he's pitching and and up comes Babe Ruth. And he strikes him out. Then up comes Lou Gehrig, and he strikes him out. Then up comes Jimmy Fox, and he strikes him out. Then up comes Al Simmons, and he strikes him out. And then up comes Joe Cronin, and he strikes him out. I mean, these are five, like, serious, serious Hall of Famers. And granted, the first three, everybody has heard of Ruth Gehrig Fox. um, But Simmons and Cronin were both incredible players, too. He struck out five Hall of Famers in a row. And, and I think the thing that was amazing about that is, is that it was during a time where guys didn't quite strike out as frequently. Like nowadays, mm-hmm. you strike out five guys in a row. Okay, great. I mean, how many times have yeah, you done happens, that in your career? Happens all the time. All the yeah. time. All the time. So, so I, thought that that was, I thought that was really, really interesting. Um, you know, and, and, and just, just the lineups, just the, the, the combination of, of people playing together and, uh, and also playing against each other. And I think that that is extended into the World Series, too, with these guys playing against each other all the time. Yeah. It just, you know, it's like, who was, yeah. who was even in the World Series last year? Uh, in the uh, pandemic year, we had the, the Rays and the uh, Dodgers. And the Dodgers, right? You know, I mean, and, and the, the, the great thing about that would have been if they didn't play each other during the year. But you play each other during yeah, the well, year. Yeah, well, that was a weird. Well, that last year. I'm was just, weird. I'm just saying in general. You're right, you're right. Okay, that, yeah, that's that's probably yeah. a bad example. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying in yeah. general. I'm just saying in general. Yeah. Um. But well, yeah. but but you know, and I I went back and I tried I tried doing some, I tried doing some research, and I thought this was really interesting. Of all of the All Star games, remember the first one was in 1933. So we're talking about you know what is this the 80? I don't even know because there was a few years that we missed. Um, yeah. But of all the All-Star games, the All-Star game that had the most Hall of Famers in it was 1971. You know, you would have thought maybe it would have been 40s, 50s, you know, something like that. But 1971, just I just want you to just just listen to the NL side. okay? just the NL side. okay? Bench, McCovey, Torrey, Aaron, Mays, Stargell, Carlton. Jenkins, Marichal, Seaver, Santo, Brock, Clemente, Rose, 14 Hall of Famers were just on Crazy. the NL, just the NL side. Then you got Sparky Anderson as your coach, as your manager, and you got Walt Alston as your coach. So on that side, there were 16. All right. Then you got the AL, Carew, Brooks Robinson, Aparicio, Frank Robinson, Yaz, Palmer, Killebrew, Reggie, Kaline. That's that's nine. Plus you've got Earl Weaver. The manager, was, I mean, the uh, the umpire was Doug Harvey, who's also a Hall of Famer. 
the guy that threw out the first pitch, Char- Charlie Geringer, who's a Hall of Famer. The two TV guys, Kurt Gowdy and Tony Kubek, are Hall of Famers. The radio guy was Sandy Koufax. So there were 31 <laughs> Hall of Famers involved in that game in some capacity. Yeah. Well, and 71 was still pre-free agency, pre interleague play so the, yeah, that that yeah. was probably that might have been the peak of tv ratings actually that that era i think that I, was kind of like the peak of all-star tv ratings the 70s oh yeah oh yeah and I, I and i wouldn't doubt it but that's you know that's when you saw you saw guys matched up that you never ever yeah. saw you know like like for exactly. example brooks robinson played for 25 years all in the al you know, yeah. then you've got you got like, uh, you know, Juan Marichal, who only well, played in the NL. I mean, this is the only time that these two guys would have faced each other. Well, and and just to, to kind of pivot off the all star history and talk about how even something that's wildly popular, I think MLB kind of steps in it a little bit with yeah. is I think the home run derby and the event that precedes the all star game has been a very big success for Major League Baseball. Yeah, I actually yeah. think more people look forward to the home run derby than they do the all-star game. I think it's probably a no-brainer in the last 10, 15 years because, you know, that generates more excitement. There's more highlights that are born out of that day than the all-star game the following day. But for instance, how they step in it even this year, if you look, they announced the eight participants in the home run derby and, and Shohei, who is number one draw, is in it. So that's great. And Alonzo, who's the defending champ from two years ago, because there wasn't yep. a home run derby last year, yep. is in it. Yep. But if you look at the rest of the names, they're not even remotely attracting the, the, the most glamorous and big name home run hitters. Salvatore Perez is a catcher on the Royals. Like, <laughs> listen, you know, like they have um, Joey Gallo. I mean, these are not household names. They have um, Trevor Story, the, the local kid, because they're playing in Coors Field. Yeah, Juan yeah. Soto was hurt a lot. He's playing. He's a big name. But like those are not uh, uh, Trey Mancini. I love the Orioles. I love shout out to Baltimore. Trey Mancini don't belong being in the home run derby. Like where's the big name? Like they're stars and they can't attract Tatis into the home run derby. Yep. Vlad yep. Guerrero Jr. Yep. I know Trout's yep. hurt, so we'll forget him for a second. They can't get any of they can't get Stanton or Judge who just would hit colossal shots that fans would want to see. Um, yep, yep. they're Even just Acuna. missing, yeah. right? Acuna, like, there's no, where's all somebody on the Dodgers, whoever you want to pick, but like somebody on the Red Sox, they've had a banner year, you yep. know, it's just like, it, so it's an incredible event. But when you look at those eight names, it's Otani and Alonzo. And other than that, everybody's kind of like, you know, so even their big day, their exciting day with the home run derby. Figure something out, Major League Baseball. You got to be able to attract more than two of the biggest named home run guys. Like that should be a star-studded, glamorous night. Yeah, yeah. And Trey Mancini and Trevor Story and 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 you know and Salvatore Perez just aren't going to get it done. And Matt Olson, like, come on, like that's not the right group. Well, you know, I you know what I thought was interesting. I I I, you know they seat them so so they're all seated one to eight, and I'm trying to figure out. How they even come up with these seatings? Like, uh, I think the seating is just—it's not a real seating. I think it's by most home runs to least home runs. Okay, but but so Sal, so Salvatore Perez is four, and he's hitting against the number five, which is Pete Alonso, the defending champion. Well, based on 
based on this year's home run totals, which has <sighs> changed, by the way, because Alonzo's hit like three since then. So they like picked them. He probably wouldn't be that way anymore. Yeah. That's something you could actually do right before the game. Instead, like, they don't even do that right. There's no, five more games no. till the All-Star break, and they set it based on the home run total from five days ago. And it's like, why? Does it really matter? Do they have to lock into their matchup five days in advance? Like, nobody cares. It's like, a, it's not a real matchup. No, but I mean, listen, listen, let's, let's, let's be honest. Let's be honest. I mean, any of these guys could potentially win, you know, you, you, you oh, just, you just get hot sure. and anybody could win. But, but to be honest with you, I would have liked to have seen Pete Alonzo, let's say um, number two, even though he hasn't hit as many home runs, like, like, yeah. you know, if, if he gets past the first round, then he plays, he's against the winner of Otani and, and Soto, you know? Right. I, I which, which basically, that's why baseball doesn't even that. get that right. I don't right. See Why that? would you want the two big guys yeah. in the semifinals? That's exactly right. It's exactly right. They don't and get you, anything wrong. <clears throat> no, no. And I mean, I mean, listen, these guys, these guys, some of these guys can hit home runs. I mean, Perez is not a home run hitter. Um, you know, Gallo, that's all he does. He either strikes out or hits a home run. And he's been hot this year. So I mean, I can't I can't argue yeah. with that. I'm I'm excited about Mancini because you gotta remember he was out all last season. Uh, battling oh, cancer. He's your guy. You're the but, right person. But he about. was listen. He was battling cancer last year. No, and it's a great story. It's a, but it's like a, give him it's comeback a great player story. of the year. But he's not give him comeback player of the year right. and tell him to stay home and rest for the weekend. Right. Like but nobody wants to see him hit home. No, no. He's a he's a guy that 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 could. I think I think two years ago I think he hit 35 home runs. So the guy can hit the ball. But like you said, I mean, there's there's so many other stars that should be in there. Well, and what. No, I can say, like, literally, imagine this home run derby, all you'd be hearing about if it had Acuna, Vlad Guerrero, Tatis, Alonzo, Otani. Yeah. Imagine yeah. that home run derby. You'd be, like, glued to it, and MLB would actually have their banner night. And maybe it wouldn't be the all-star game, but let's face it, that's not changing anymore. It, you cannibalize it because of what we all talked about. So make the home run derby that elite special night. And if you think back, I'm not a big fan of the NBA All-Star Game either. Yeah. But if you think back, the NBA with slam dunk night, right, the day before, had a long run of incredible success with big names participating in it. Once they stopped attracting the big names, that's right. that became garbage. a dead event. When yeah, Vince Carter yeah. was dunking and you had all this excitement and Dr. J and Jordan and all those folks, it was a big night. And then somewhere along the line, guys stopped wanting to do it. Yeah. But Major League Baseball, it's the home run derby. I think a lot of these guys would do it. Put a little incentive on getting them to show up. But I would, I would, I would think you could get them if you pushed a little. Market them more. Like I think you could get it. I don't know. Uh, well, it, it, again, again, the All Star Game has become a joke. It's not, it's not a big honor anymore. It's ah, eh, you know what? Eh, no, yeah. right. I'd rather take this time to rest. I'd rather take this time to to spend a few days with my family. You know, I don't want to miss my turn in the rotation, you know, and you know, my body yeah. just needs a break. I don't want to play in this game. I mean, it's, you know what it's to me, it's, it's, it's a bunch of crap, but you know, the one thing that I did want to talk about, I think that, I think the biggest story about the all-star game is Otani. And I mean, this guy has just been, I mean, he's just been on fire. I mean, I, I, I can't remember the last time we saw a guy that was just hitting home runs out and not even just hitting home runs. I mean, this guy is just, I mean, he's literally destroying the ball. The ball's coming off his bat so fast and the ball is traveling so far. I think his home run last night went almost 500 feet. I mean, this guy is just, you know, and, 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 and I'm glad that he's kind of coming into his own. I thought it was interesting that uh, the other day, 
you know, he, he hit his 32nd home run, which passed Matsui for the most home runs by a Japanese player in the major leagues ever. And that was in half a season. So I, th- I thought that was interesting, but, but I'm going to tell you something, man, as great as I think that he is, I have, I have one real big problem, one really, really big problem. And, and, and it really bothers me. And that is, you know, they made such a big deal about him being the first guy ever to be elected as a pitcher and a hitter, which I think is, is mm-hmm. wonderful, you know, and I think, I think, but I think it's a PR stunt. I think that's what it is just to say that they have that because a guy that's four and one with a three and a half ERA, he's pitched 67 innings, 87 strikeouts. He's got a whip of 1.2. Those are not great numbers. Those are not great numbers. So to me, this is a guy who is the most deserving as far as a hitter, but this guy should not have been elected as a pitcher. Like, like he's not in, I mean, he's in as a pitcher, um, what about a guy like Tyler glass now with his 2.66 ERA or his batters are hitting 176 against him? You know, what about a guy like that? You know, mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I think, I think that it's complete BS that he made the team in, in both regards. And I think it is 100% just a PR uh, move. I think, um, I think you're way too angry about it. And I think that, <laughs> And I, I think am. you leave Shay, you leave Shohei Otani alone. I, he does he on the flat out on the merits deserve to be a pitcher in the game too? No, I mean now it's funny because those numbers are actually pretty good, but we're in such a bad hitting era that this year there's eye popping crazy stats across the yeah. board with pitching, yeah. Yeah. led by Degrom. But I mean, there's a lot of guys with just really incredible numbers. So technically, does he deserve to be a pitcher on the team? No. Is he the most? He's the He's the biggest phenomenon since Babe Ruth, though, in terms of like doing it both ways at a high level. I'm not saying he's going to hold up and do this for a decade or he's going to convert out of pitching into just being a hitter. I mean, let's face it, at this point, if you're if it wasn't for the fact that it's he's out in L.A., and I think there's a glamorous celebrity angle to this. Absolutely. He probably should is. just be a he should probably be just a full time hitter because yep, yep. he's so gifted at hitting that he probably should, you know, not be a starting pitcher for them. But I mean, it is such a cool story and it's such a phenomenal thing. And he's not like just a good hitter. I mean, he's clobbering the ball. Oh, that's why I'm saying it. I'm liking it to Babe Ruth just in terms of like, he's a big, tall lefty who hits so many bombs and then he throws 98 plus. I mean, and he's a good pitcher. I mean, if he wasn't a hitter, you'd say he's a solid pitcher. He's a nice, nice arm now. So great story though. And, yeah, you know, it, it is, it is, but I, you know, I, I do have a problem with it. You know, I'm, I'm just, yeah, well, you're, just uh, you're getting old and angry. It's fine. You know, I'm a, I'm a purist in the, in the sense that, you know, I, I don't like the fact that it is a popularity contest. I've always had a problem with that. You know, like, like Mike Trout, who has 117 at bats, he's not going to play again in, until possibly August. Like, why is he, why was he the leading vote getter among AL outfield, but it's the fans. But it's the fans that get to. It's the one thing the like fans it. get to do. So what are you gonna do? Uh, well, then be mad at be mad at yourself and all your fans because yeah, that's, that's, yeah. You know, I mean, you're the one that voted for him. It was, and supposedly it was your vote that put him over the edge, man. So I guess I should be pissed at you. I don't know. I don't like, know. But then, like but, Jersey, but Jersey you know what? You know what? Conversely, you know, you've. I think you've got you got a couple guys on there that that don't deserve to be there. You know, like 
like Mookie Betts, I think they told him he was an all-star and his reaction was really, I mean, the guy's not, I mean, he's batting 247. This is not, this is yeah. not a Mookie Betts well, type season. Yeah, yeah. I think guys get embarrassed when they make it on fan vote or what have you, when but they that, really know they don't but, belong. I, I think know, it is but, embarrassing for them. But that, that wasn't a fan vote. That was, oh, he, was no? vote, he was voted as a reserve. Okay. Batting 247. And then explain something else to me. Okay. Um, Chapman on the Yankees. I don't know if you know what kind of season he's having. Oh, he totally imploded. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I know the Mets just caught him the other day and beat him. He's, he's got a four and a half, four and a half ERA in 29 innings. He has 22 walks. Okay. Yeah. Well, he got voted. I mean, he got put on the roster. He's on the all-star team. Usually, usually when you see one or two players that make an all-star team and their stats don't warrant it, it usually yeah. means they were the one selection from the team because every team gets a player. Yeah. But neither that's not the case in either of those situations. The Dodgers have all-stars. The Yankees have all-stars. I have no idea why Chapman is on the team. I have no idea where Mookie Betts is on the team. Uh, neither one of them belong on the team. I don't, no, I don't get no. it. By the way, the, Met, the Mets, I know you were talking about DeGrom. DeGrom made the team. Obviously, he's going to be. He would have been the starting pitcher. He says he's he's sitting out. He had some really good reasons, though. Coors Field is a nightmare on pitchers. Not Coors like Field is tough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He said like from a physical standpoint, he's battled some injuries. He didn't want to go out there to pitch one inning. Yeah. Um, so he he bowed out. It's not good for baseball. It's not a good look. But like I get why he did it with the injuries he was dealing with, the little things. But the Mets didn't have any other All Stars on a pitching staff that leads baseball. Diaz has been great closing. He didn't make yeah. the all-star team. Yeah. Stroman yeah. has had a great year. Walker's had a great year. None of them made the all-star team. And then this morning I read Walker replaced DeGrom. And I'm not sure if MLB did it because the Mets weren't going to have a representative, but they all got bypassed. And the Yankees got Geraldus Chapman in, which is weird. It's, it's, yeah. it's yeah. weird sometimes how they do things. Yeah, I'm not, Whatever. A, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of that. But let's, let's stick to a couple more baseball things before we wrap it up. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, have you ever seen a guy get hot like that guy did? In in 10 games last month, he had 12 home runs. I mean, the guy, yeah. it was like, and he made the all-star team, and, and good for him. Good for him. Um, his, his average during and he got hurt. T- and, he got yeah, hurt. and he got hurt, right. So he's out. His average went from 236 to 280. Um, but, I mean, I thought that was just an unbelievable story. And it just goes to show you how, how literally anybody can just get super hot at any time. I mean, Kyle Schwarber of all people. And Kyle Schwarber, and there's some players you see every year like this, but there's guys that you think are going to be like Kyle Schwarber, what, three or four years ago, looked like the next big thing coming out of Chicago. Maybe maybe even longer. I think Kyle Schwarber was a rookie in 2015. So he's in baseball now six, seven years. He looked like the next big thing coming out. He was a little pudgy. He didn't really have a position for him, but he could swat the ball. And then he just kind of went into the abyss for like several years, signed like a cheap one-year deal with the Nationals. And it's like, he's gotten it all back. But you see this in baseball. Guys pop up and have big years. And I don't think it's steroids. I'm not trying to intimate anything. But like you see it in baseball. And then like, he'll get a big contract off this year. And you'll be like, there's going to be buyer's remorse there. This dude's been in baseball for seven years. He hit his big year in his walk year. But I'd be very leery about guys like that because he's not been good for a while and then he pops up. And then you see guys that are pretty good that in their walk year have terrible years. Yeah. And they yeah, just yeah. they can't handle the pressure of like hitting yeah. for their free agency year. So you see it go both ways. 
yeah yeah it's 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 definitely tough but i, th- I thought <clears throat> i thought that was interesting and and you know on uh you know it, it's funny because july 1st is just commonly known and it's becoming more and more popular as bobby binia day which is the day he gets his $1.2 million check every year starting uh, 2011 and ending 2035. And the thing that I thought was, was great about that, and I, I just think it's, such, it's, it's so ridiculous and it's such a joke, um, but the owner of the Mets has kind of embraced it. And I, think, I thought that was pretty cool, you know? And, and I think, um, God, was it, I don't know if it was him or somebody else that was saying what they should do is they should make a whole day out of it. They should hand... Benia, like one of those oversized happy Gilmore checks and uh and and then dr- get into like a golf cart and drive around the stadium and he can wave at like all the fans and everything I thought that was that was clever and it's kind of a way to to kind of make fun of hey this was the most ridiculous thing ever that happened let's let's have some fun yeah. about it and and Steve Cohen I mean no. Steve Cohen has to pay write a 1.2 million dollar check I mean he makes more than that per day anyway so who the heck cares yeah, well, it's, it's it, he did he did say something like what you just said, and he said they're going to do an honorary Bobby Bonilla Day every year after this year because of COVID this year they didn't do it, but like every year after this year they're going to do it, and he said like they're they're gonna they're gonna do something where fans get to sit with Bonilla that day in the stands, and they're going to talk about like financial like uh, wherewithal and like making good financial choices and all this other stuff, and like. Um, it's awesome. funny because listen, that's pretty awesome. Embrace it. Cohen had nothing to do with it, so you might as well embrace it. Yeah. Instead yeah. of the Wilpons used to run from it and hide that day because they were a little chicken crap and they they didn't know how to handle their screw up. But the new owner comes in and is like, sure, that Bobby Bow day. Yeah. Pretty funny. And and one more one more baseball thing that I want to talk about, and uh, I don't want to get into it too much because you can really talk about it a lot. But uh, what's his name? Trevor Bauer and the Dodgers, right? Mm-hmm. So. So he has been accused of doing some, 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 I don't know, some, some bad things to a woman. Let's just say that some, um, and yep. so MLB suspended him and they've now extended the suspension while they're going into a, a review and I'm not going to come to his defense. Okay. Because you know what he's being accused of, if in fact it's true and you're, you're innocent until proven guilty. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad, but you know, Explain to me how he was suspended from baseball during the investigation, but Deshaun Watson, who's been accused by 742 women of exposing himself, um, how he is not. Is is there is I, I'm trying to I'm trying to put my head around this, and there's a lot of a lot of places I don't want to go with this. Is there any real reason? you think that that maybe one was suspended and the other one wasn't even though you know Deshaun Watson has been his his accusers are so many more and there there's there's so much more involved than than Trevor Bowers I know it's kind of a heavy topic but I just wanted no, to kind I, of, I wanted to get your take on that because besides you know some of the whatever that you would think about this I mean is 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 there any logic behind this yeah, I actually do. I think it actually is. Um, I think it actually makes sense because um, Bowers in the midst of his season, the NFL got lucky with Watson. It's in the off season when everything broke. So the NFL has so much time to like build, build, uh, meet with the women, understand the story. They're not, they're, there's nothing to suspend him from right now. Like their, their pay calendar, I don't even think began until recently the way they do things. And, and, you know, um, I don't think he's been at OTAs or anything like that. Um, meaning Watson, 
But the MLB, and I like this, and they didn't always do this, all the sports. But like, there's this isn't about a criminality right now. He, they're a private company. Yeah. They have every right to say, hey, you're on leave while we investigate the situation outside of whatever is found criminal, criminally, civilly. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah. we're not having your face represent one of our 30 Major League Baseball teams right now yeah. and pitch every fifth day while this thing could drag on for months in the middle of the season. I think they're paying him. He's not without pay. So they're not doing anything wrong. They're saying you are not allowed to pitch right now while we yeah. investigate this. You get paid. And I actually think there's nothing wrong with it. And I think the NFL would have had to act swiftly if it was in the middle of the NFL season too. I think both do not have great track records with handling this stuff, but I think nowadays you're going to see them act more quickly. And I think Deshaun Watson, when it's all said and done is not playing this season. Yeah. I I strongly think at least a half a season, if not the whole season and Trevor Bauer to me is never playing again for the Dodgers this year. I I don't think so. I I don't Mm. I don't know if it's true. Like, of course, we say you're innocent of proven guilty. Of course, I I have a strong feeling Bauer's done with the Dodgers this year. I don't mm-hmm. think he pitches anymore. So, but I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think they they should they should suspend him with pay. Yeah. While they investigate, the woman has like very serious allegations with yeah. pictures and 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 texts that go with it. I think it's super super legitimate beef, a super legitimate case. So they have to they have to get it all. And the last I heard, and I haven't heard anything about it for like a week, it sounded like they were concerned there was more women, that they didn't think this was the only one. Yeah. So, well, I, Tre- I don't. Trevor I don't could know. be in some deep waters. There's only two people happy with this right now. The person that wants him to get in trouble, obviously, rightfully so, if he did it. Yep. And the New York Met, the New York Mets are finishing second in that free agency battle. <laughs> yeah. They're the only two two people. Because he, he turned down the Mets' identical offer for the Dodgers. So yeah, I'm sure Steve yeah. Cohen somewhere is breathing a sigh of relief as he gets ready for Bobby Bonita. Yeah, yeah, there's 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 no doubt. There's no doubt. Uh, a couple quick things to finish up with. Um, Suns and Bucks. Suns are up 2 nothing. What's your prediction? Bucks take them seven, lose. Oh, I am sticking with the – I'm sticking with the Bucks, bringing it back to Milwaukee, winning the next two games. I think there's something, you know, that, you know, this more than most people, the role players, the reserve players tend to be better at home. You, you know, it, I, I think, I, I think two things, and this is not based off of loving the box. I feel like the Phoenix Suns who haven't won anything in the history of the Phoenix Suns can't win an NBA title this easily. There has to be something that pops up that makes this a tough series. Or else they're going to have been the first franchise that never won one in 60 years to win one easily. Like, yeah. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I feel like they have to inherently have a hiccup. I think they lose the next two in Milwaukee. They then win again. They lose game six and then they win game seven at home. But I think it goes seven. I think the NBA wow. is going to get a good final out of this. But I could look like an idiot in another week. So we'll see. <laughs> what about you? What do you got? You're going to tell me I like the Suns in four. No, no. I mean, I think that the Bucks can come back and win, but um, I think I think that the Suns are. I think I honestly, I just think they're on such a roll. I, I think I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be the Suns. I think it's gonna be Suns in five. I gotta be honest with you. I mean, I think that the the Bucks are gonna win, but the Suns are just they're they're just they're on a mission this year. So, so we'll see, <clears throat> we'll see. And then uh, Joey Chestnut ate 76 hot dogs in 10 minutes. He broke his own record. So my question for you is this: 
How many hot dogs do you think you could eat in 10 minutes if you absolutely had to? I like this question and I've given it some thought and I didn't know this question was coming. <laughs> but based on the fact that the hot dog eating contest was a week ago, I have yeah. thought about this. Yeah, yeah, we I all do. Think, I think this may sound surprising to you. I think I could do 20. In 10 minutes, you think so? That would be that would be <laughs> one every 30 seconds. I think I could. That's, I mean, that's, that's a lot. I mean, I think I could do it. Like, I mean, I don't no, want to do this and I'm not trying to set up for like, a, <laughs> I'm not trying to set up for a full <clears throat> mic can still put 20 hot dogs down. So I'll be sick for five days afterwards, gain 11 pounds. Like, I don't even want to prove I could do it, but I think the fat man in me could do it. I think I could do it. How many could you eat? Oh, uh, first of all, and I will say disclaimer, I do like hot dogs. Oh, uh, dude, I, I, lo- I love them. hot dogs. I don't eat them all year. I don't eat them all year, but like obviously in the summer, I definitely eat way too many of them because the yeah, grill, yeah. like sometimes it's yeah, just like yeah. whatever. Yeah. I yeah. do think I could eat 20. And what do you think you could eat? You know, when you when you think about it, let's let's put this into perspective here really quickly. And in, in 76 hot dogs, I did the math. That's that's a hot dog with a bun every a little bit less than eight seconds. Yeah, that's just okay. A little bit less than eight seconds. Okay. So, okay. So I'm, I'm thinking about it. So with, with no experience as a competitive eater and the fact that I enjoy hot dogs also, I'm going to want to chew my hot dogs. I'm going to want to taste my hot dogs. So in 10 minutes, oh, true. in 10 minutes, if, if, if knowing that I was going to get completely sick to my stomach, I, I could, I think that I could probably have 10, maybe 12 if I pushed it. And then I would just be mm. sick as a dog. I mean, if you think about it, yeah. I mean, 20 hot yeah. dogs that's i mean listen 76 is absurd but but i mean i mean think about it like like the last time you ate hot dogs like like how many hot dogs do you eat in a setting i mean do you ever eat like more than two hot dogs no that's pretty much what i eat okay so two. imagine imagine taking that but i do 20 but i do in 10 think minutes <laughs> after i but after i eat the two hot dogs in one minute it feels like i do go i'm not full like why did i do that like i yes. do i do yes. that you could, I listen, mean, your, your first hot you dog, do, it's like three bites and like, you're like, it's gone. You know what I mean? So. Listen, your, your, your first hot dog is so friggin' delicious and you, you, right. you, you want to savor it, but you eat it so quickly because it's good. Right. And then you're right. like, yeah, wow, I could do this. You can't, you, let's be uh, honest. You you've can't. offered up, you've offered up a, a very valid argument in terms of the taste of it, where you want to taste it. And as non-competitive eaters, I probably would start tasting it and not just getting it down because of the contest part. But I would throw a caveat in. Yeah. If I put a table full of hundreds out there yeah. and I said you get $200 per hot dog eat, do you think that changes how many you could put down? I think that you would struggle to put down as many. As, I, I, I mean, listen, I don't know. You'd, you'd be, I mean, as soon as I eat those hot dogs, I mean, I'd be in the corner throwing up. There's no doubt. And I probably wouldn't want to eat hot dogs for the next five years. Um, but yeah, may, maybe that's something that we can look into. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe if we ever get together, maybe we'll have ourselves Road a hot dog show. contest. Phil and Darren, <laughs> Phil and Darren taking it, filling the mic on the road, road show, hot dog eating contest. Oh, that's God. Fun. We yeah, might want to do something more mild like chicken wing eating contest, which I think I could put down some serious amounts of chicken wings. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's we it's might this might be brewing. We might be brewing onto something here. This might have to be something that goes viral. All right. We're gonna have to yeah. think about it. The the last thing that I want to talk about, um, there's there's so many more things that, that I think that we need to talk about that we'll talk about next time. But um 
there's a, a podcast. I can't remember what it's called. The Knuckleheads. That's what it's called. I think it's Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. They have a podcast. And honestly, I can barely even understand. I can understand, barely can understand them on their podcast. It's weird. But uh, they had Jamal Mashburn on. And they were they were asking him the the match they were asking him about uh, about some of his past experiences and and he was saying that he was brought in for the 1992 USA basketball I think that was the dream team if I'm if I'm not mistaken 92 yeah and uh, Mm -hmm. you know they brought in a bunch of the college all stars to to practice against these guys yeah yeah well Leitner made the team but oh um, Leitner made the team yeah yeah he was the only guy that made the team. But like Jamal Mashburn and and he was they were saying, hey, do you have any interesting stories about that? And they were, he was saying, yeah, you know what? There was uh, there was another guy, Rodney Rogers, who I'm sure you remember. I think he was a mm-hmm. he was a Wake Forest guy. He was a big uh, like six eight fifty. Wasn't he yeah. a lefty? I think he was. Yep. I think he was. He had a decent yep. career. He was he was a he was a beast. But uh, after after the first scrimmage, Rodney Rogers went up to Larry Bird, and you got to remember this is when Larry Bird was like on his last legs. I mean, this guy, yeah. you know, he would come off the court and he would lay down because he couldn't sit because his back, back. was so bad. Right. Yeah. So uh, so he said to him, and this is a quote, uh, hey, Larry, you ain't hit a jumper since 82. Right. So he's just making fun of him. Like, oh, you're getting old. So the next scrimmage, Larry Bird, before he before he took a shot, he had the ball. He told Rodney Rogers what he was going to do. All right. So so. He goes, uh, he goes one dribble, pull up, going left off glass. That's what he told him. And then he went and did it. And then he said, uh, and then he said, uh, one dribble going right spin shot bucket and he hit it. Right. And this went on and this went on, uh, for like eight or nine times in a row, they just kept feeding him the ball down the court and he just kept scoring every time. And every time he would tell Rodney Rogers what he was going to do ahead of time. So Rogers knew exactly what was going on. Right. Um, and, uh, and what did he say? He said something like, uh, uh, what did he say back? Like, you know, like a young fella looks, look like, uh, looks like, I don't even know what he said, but he, he said something back to him. Then he walked off the court and laid down. <laughs> it was like, it was like, it was like, and I, th- I think people don't, people don't realize like how great Larry Bird was. I mean, you think about this guy, yeah. he was a shooter. He was slow. He wore those short shorts. He had that funny mustache. Um, but, you know, I, I thought that was just an unbelievable story that even, even at the end of his career, he's just telling him what he's going to do. And then he just does it. I mean, that's just, unbelievable unbelievable and you could you could kick off all of larry bird's accomplishments and there's many many accomplishments the single greatest accomplishment is that most of the sports viewing world knows that french late lick indiana exists that, that's, that's larry true. Bird really did that's true he put old french lick on the map that's true that's true so not so easy stuff. to do that couple couple things that i wanted to, to to just mention that to get people excited for next time um I think we need to talk about Trevor Lawrence expectations. You know, what, what do we think is going to happen year one? Cause I mean, obviously number one pick overall high expectations on his shoulder. Uh, another thing that we and, need to talk and about. And I will say, I will be setting an over under on how many years urban Meyer lasts in Jacksonville. <laughs> I'll look forward to that. Mm-hmm. I'll look forward to that. Uh, another interesting thing that I, I think that you and I will really, really get a lot of, a uh, lot of good conversation about is the NCAA rule change where it's uh, you know, where now, you know, athletes can get paid. And that's a yep. huge, yep. huge thing. There's, there's 
a lot of stuff going on there. That's that's really exciting. Another thing was the uh, the sprinter Shakari Richardson suspended from the Olympics because she tested positive for marijuana. I think that's a Marijuana. that's an interesting that's a really interesting topic. Larry Brown joined Penny Hardaway at Memphis as an assistant coach at age 80. And uh, I think we can we can get some uh, some talking about that. And then uh, I'm going to leave it with a stat. I'm going to leave it with a stat and then we'll uh, we'll head out. Jeff Bezos, we all know he's the, the richest man in the world. He's worth like $200 billion. And he, he just he just stepped down as CEO of Amazon. I don't know what that means. He he makes more money per second than the average American worker makes per week. Just let, right. just let that sink in per second. That's unbelievable. So anyway, that's all I want to say. That's I all it. I got. Before yeah. we go. Yeah. Before yeah, we yeah. go. Who do you got? in the blockbuster match of Sunday afternoon. Do you have Italy or England in Euro 2020? Oh Our audience God. desperately wants to know. I know Italy you got the and Italians England. or you got the Brits. Well let me let me just let me just say from my understanding the Brits haven't made the finals of anything in a long, long time. I think the World Cup finals they were in years ago. Um you but know, they're think, at home. They're at home. I think it's a it's a great story. You're gonna have people cheering left and right. Um, and I, I think at the end of the day with, with that home field advantage, with the crowd going crazy, I think that, uh, I think that Italy comes in and beats them. Yeah, I think so too. (laughs) (laughs) I I think it's going to be like, I think it's going to be like a two to one game. Well, that you can make that prediction for every soccer game. Yeah, I think, I think, I think more sadness in the King and Queen's life comes. Besides, yeah. uh, Prince, besides, besides Prince Harry and, and Meghan Markle. I think this yeah. is another sad day. Yeah, well, well, we'll see. We'll see, but it's it's interesting. So uh, good episode as always. I, I, uh, it's, been, it's been fun. It's been fun even though it's a Saturday morning and I got no sleep last night. But uh, I hope everybody has a great week. I hope everybody enjoys the All-Star game for what it is, and that is enjoy the first two innings, and then you can turn it off. Uh, maybe the home run derby is great. Hey, how fun would it be to see Salvador Perez win the all the the home run hitting contest? Just putting it out there, but not to my uh, eight year old son, it wouldn't be. No, not at all, not at all. But I uh, hope everybody has a great weekend, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you, uh, talking to everybody soon. If you if you like what you're hearing, you enjoy us, which I know everybody does. I mean, I get thousands of emails a day. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell everybody that you know. Let's make Phil and Mike huge. And uh, and just get out there and 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 breed our wisdom into people's ears, so that they can enjoy it and they can they can be a little more informed as they go out and enjoy their sporting events. Take care, everybody. Be good. See you next time.